It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Yeah. I wanna ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net. Girls, you ain't shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dick. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joins me on the other line, he has to be the most frequent guest in uh, this iteration of Locked On Wizards, my guy, my brother from Truth About It, Mr. Rashad Mobley. How are you doing tonight, Rashad? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. It's tragic that I have to be here under such bad circumstances tonight, but we'll, we'll power through yeah, I mean, you know, that, that that's the uh, part of professionalism that comes with uh, covering uh, 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 the, the Washington Wizards. Uh, they, the Wizards played the Orlando Magic tonight, and uh, uh, Molly Wops would be an understatement. Uh, the Wizards lost 123-89, to and, um, you know, the, the game was really, uh, you know, never in doubt for the majority of the game. There, there was a stretch in the second uh, quarter, where the, where the Wizards got up, uh, I believe it was 47-46, with about five minutes left in the game. And then uh, after that, I, I mean, I, I don't think that there are many positive things to say about the, uh, the way that the Wizards played tonight. Uh, from, from your perspective, why, why do you think the Wizards really just, just got the doors blown off of them tonight? First of all, we, we need to take time to figure out who we're going to blame this on. Are we going to blame it on Rachel Nichols for going on the jump and praising the Wizards <laughs> on national TV? Or are we going to blame it on Zach Lowe, who also praised the Wizards today on his on his podcast with <coughs> sorry, on his podcast? Or are we going to blame Tommy Shepard, who was praising – well, he wasn't praising. He was being very generous. But Drew Gooden was just praising the moves that he made bringing in all this depth, and that very depth was just letting the lead slip away piece by piece by piece. So, But in terms of why they lost the game, there was this weird stretch in the second quarter when Troy Brown was playing well and Admiral Schofield was playing well, and that lead was kind of dwindling down. And then the Wizards actually took the lead by two or three points. And then... Admiral came out and Scott Brooks with this weird lineup with Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith in the backcourt, which was no match for all that hype that I went and was throwing out there. And that, that was the game. I mean, that was absolutely the game. They went from being up two or three to a double-digit deficit, and it never really came back. And I found myself wondering, okay, I know even Tommy Shepard alluded to it, that Schofield was playing way over his head. But he was still playing well, and he was one of the few players who seemed to be in rhythm, who seemed to be the only player who was matching the intensity of the entire Orlando Magic team. And he sat on the bench for a long time. And, you know, 
I know that this group has been playing over the head for a while now, but still one of the reasons why they have been playing well is that Scott Brooks seems to have his finger on the pulse in terms of who's the hot guy, who do I sit, who do I ride with. And tonight, even if it's for a small sample size, Schofield was hot. And I feel like if nothing else, maybe not for the points, because he's not going to score 14 in that short of amount of time all the time, but just for the energy level, I would have liked to have seen him on the floor more and Isaiah and Ish on the floor together less. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, with Admiral Schofield kind of getting hot uh, in, in that, in that, at the end of the first quarter and heading into that second quarter, I think that uh, it was a weird lineup quirk where um, Isak Banga actually picked up. He picked up an early foul and he picked up what was thought to be his second foul extremely early, and so uh, the, that foul actually went to Jan Mahimi. But I guess the, the, there was some confusion on who the foul was called on. So Isak Bonga actually came out of the game early, and that's when Schofield went in. So he actually played about like a, a nice little 15, 16-minute stretch. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand that you probably – we all probably wanted uh, Scott Brooks to ride the hot hand. But I, I think that, you know, Schofield, we're talking about a guy who's really not used to playing this amount of NBA minutes. So, I mean, he, he was probably fatigued. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 in, a, in a very hashtag so wizards way, you know, it, it is funny that, you know, as Tommy Shepard was up there, you know, being interviewed by uh, Drew Gooden and Justin Kutcher, that, I mean, that, that, that was when uh, the Orlando Magic started, you know, going on that run. And, you know, it, 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 it was just not a pretty sight. Like, it, it didn't seem like, the Wizards had anybody who got it going offensively uh, for the night. And I would say that, you know, with, with, they were obviously down uh, a, a lot of injured players. They only had nine healthy bodies uh, who were eligible to play uh, in the game tonight. And so they really they, – they almost needed to play a semi-perfect level basketball game to even, uh, you know, compete with the Orlando Magic. And you know that that just didn't happen, and so uh, the, I'm I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna start with uh, two guys who you know uh, the Wizards uh, heavily rely on for their offensive production who are in the starting lineup, and uh, those two guys will be Isaiah Thomas and Jordan McRae, and you know those guys uh, literally played probably two of their worst games of the entire year. Um, Isaiah Thomas went two for eight from the field. He had. Uh, a plus minus of minus 32 in only 24 minutes. Like, that, that's actually, like, extremely hard to do. Um, he, he had seven points and five turnovers. I mean, this, this Isaiah Thomas, it, it's, it's really becoming an issue uh, with, you know, him, like, being hev- so heavily relied on uh, with a guy who just – he just looks like he doesn't have it anymore. So – and then Jordan McRae, you know, he went four for 11 from the field – and he only had nine points, and you know this, this was—he had a minus thirty-five plus minus in just twenty-one minutes of play. That's even even harder to do. Like I I I, I think that you know if, the, if we're going to talk about the tangible uh, blame, you know we have to start with those two guys who you know are the the Wizards' uh, uh, primary offensive scorers who just—I mean—they just didn't have it tonight. So what what, what did you see from those two? And 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 why why do you think that you know they they struggled so mightily uh, to, to to put the ball in the basket tonight? 
you know, it's this weird line you straddle when, when they play well against Boston, you're, you're praising them for stepping up. And then when they don't play well, it's like, well, it's still Jordan McRae and 2020 version of Isaiah Thomas. Like, how much can we expect? But to your point, Jordan McRae was getting the shots he normally gets. He just didn't have to. And he really wasn't. He only went to the line twice. He wasn't going to the line aggressively to kind of get himself going. But he was getting those open shots. He was just missing him. So I give him kind of a pass just because he's come up so big the past week or so. But Isaiah, to your point, he just doesn't look like he has it. He's not the kind of player who can get himself going defensively on offense. It always seems like there is a rhythm that the rest of the starters are in. And then when Isaiah gets the ball, you know, it's like he feels like, okay, I'm going to do my thing. It just doesn't seem to be coming in the rhythm of the game. He's not really blowing by anybody off the dribble. Three-point shot, you know, he hit one that didn't that was wiped off. He hit two more, but it just didn't come in the flow of the offense. And, you know, there's a reason why so many people say when players his height get to a certain age, they, they just kind of lose effectiveness. You know, when you rely so much on your quickness, and blowing by people when that's not there, you have to rely on your jump shot and uh, defense, which is non-existent in his case. It's just it's difficult to be successful and not to switch sports here, but it's like a boxer who strictly relies on instinct. You know, once that's once you can no longer anticipate what the other boxer is going to do and get out of the way, you just get hit, and your your strengths have been nullified, and you just become an average fighter. I think that's what we're looking at in Isaiah. There's, he always has sympathy on this side because you just think back to how great he was and all that money he was supposed to get, but injuries and playing with a chip on your shoulder when you have less than your abilities than you have before. It's just we're at that point now where, as I alluded to earlier, that stretch where Orlando was coming back, Isaiah wasn't contributing anything on either end. And meanwhile, you know, when Ish doesn't have it the way he does, he needed a compliment and it wasn't there. It's just noticeable boy in, in the starting lineup. So, you know, it's to the point now, and I've, I've been reading this on, on Wizards Twitter for a while now, what what do you do with Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's tough. It's, 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 a, it's a very uh, tough conundrum that the team is in with Isaiah Thomas because, you know, I, I do believe that there were uh, – there were some there, there not I wouldn't say promises or guarantees that 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 might be too strong of a, a turn of phrase to use, but I do believe that the 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 wizards organization were able to court Isaiah Thomas uh in free agency this summer and have him come in and sign that minimum contract uh with 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 the insinuation that you know that he that they will be uh that he would be given an opportunity to kind of come in. And 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 show showcase his abilities, and so now when we when, when we look at the team, we're almost you know uh, they, they, the team has played thirty seven games, so we're almost halfway through the season, and you know I, I think that Isaiah Thomas has been given his opportunity, and you know we've seen what he has, and it's not a pretty picture, and, and honestly I think that uh, the Wizards as an organization. You know, obviously he has to play right now because, you know, they, they don't really even have any healthy bodies uh, to, to throw out there. But at, at some point they have to – we have to – they have to scale back uh, the, the, the usage that Isaiah Thomas is, is currently getting because it, it really – it's not helping the current uh, iteration of the Wizards. Um, the, the, there's really a very low percentage chance that he's going to be on the Wizards next year 
So, you know, I think that it, it, it's definitely time to to pivot to uh, other players and, 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 and you know, kind of kind of see what, what other guys can do because, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, just, he just doesn't have it. Like, he doesn't have the burst to really beat any defender. Uh, you know, I thought – I've been watching him uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, he, he can't even beat centers off of the dribble to, to you know, get into the lane and, and create shots. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get to the basket at all anymore uh, as far as, you know, trying to get to the lane and, and take shots. If he does get to the paint, he takes these, uh, these one-legged floaters that, that seemingly never go in. He's, he's basically a, 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 a jump shooter at this point. And, I mean, his jump shot really isn't falling at, at a consistent clip. So, you know, I, I think it's very frustrating for Wizards fans to, you know, be subjected to, to watch him play. It's even more frustrating uh, to, to see Scott Brooks, you know, continually throw him out there in these uh, wacky lineups. You know, the, the Wizards are essentially, they have to run a 2-3 zone every time he's on the court because, you know, he can't, he can't really guard anybody. Um, I, I'll give Scott Brooks credit uh, that, you know, at least over the last uh, couple of games, especially in those last two wins versus Denver and Boston, you know, Isaiah Thomas has not played in the fourth quarter at all. I'm talking zero minutes in the fourth quarter. So, you know, this is something that, that even Scott Brooks is, you know, uh, having to notice uh, as the head coach. But, you know, I, it's, just, it's just tough because Isaiah Thomas is such a great guy. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he, he's, a, he's a good locker room presence. But at some point, the team has to, you know, kind of cut bait on uh, uh, this investment that they've made. Uh, what do you think the uh, perspective is of the team um, actually, you know, kind of kind of realizing what's going on here and, and cutting bait and, and you know, scaling back uh, Isaiah Thomas's minutes and usage? Well, first off, Scott Brooks is always going to have a soft, sport, soft spot for a short point guard. So that's, that's not going to be used bait to cut. Number two, it's funny you mentioned the promises were made to Isaiah Thomas. It seems like Ish is the one who's playing like promises were made to him. You know, he, if you just the way he's performed specifically in the past week has exceeded everyone's expectations, even if it's a small sample size. He's the one who has pleasantly surprised everyone. He's the one who has added value to the team. But while you were talking about what Isaiah Thomas has not done, it made me think of Carmelo Anthony who was signed to Portland under circumstances where I'm sure they didn't know what to expect. They just signed him to the team. And if you look at what Carmelo has done, even what he did last night when he hit the game-winning shot, he has added more than what everyone thought he could. His talents blend well with the team. Isaiah's the complete opposite. He just looks like, even when he gets it going, he looks like a player who is still trying to get that money that he lost, not a player who works well with the team. And I think if Fish had gotten it going just a little bit or if Troy Brown had gotten it going tonight, you would have seen Isaiah on the bench again like you saw him against the Celtics in the game before when everybody had it going, the talents weren't needed. Perhaps Scott tonight felt like it maybe Isaiah possibly could get it going. But I think going forward, and they alluded to this on the broadcast tonight, as players start getting healthy and decisions have to be made, those promises that were made to Isaiah Thomas are going to be null and void because he just he doesn't add any value, at least on the court, to the team. You mentioned that he's a good locker room presence, and you probably just speak to that better than I. But on the court, 
it just looks like he's holding the team back. You see a series of sluggish moves, a lot of complaining to the refs. Um, it just it just doesn't look like he fits with the team. And I think at some point, as players start getting healthy, he, you know, perhaps he can be moved elsewhere to a team that can, I don't know what team that would be, but he just does not fit where this team is going. He definitely doesn't fit with how the team, when the team is playing well, they're hustling on defense and they're moving the ball on offense. Everybody's touching the ball. And that just is not consistent with any part of his game. I feel like we're calling what I say here, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Hey, look, we we have an obligation to to call it like we see it, and you know, I'm not trying to pile on Isaiah Thomas here either. But I mean, I mean, this this this, this is staring us right in the face, and so we have to, you know, at least be truthful to the listeners out there and and talking about you know what what we see from Isaiah Thomas on the court. Um, when when you talk about um, the the team being able to possibly trade Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I think that, that that's a that's a pipe dream. I, I don't. I, I mean, I. It just doesn't. It wouldn't make any sense for uh, any of the teams uh, who are competing for a playoff spot. It just it just wouldn't make any sense for them to trade for a guy who probably cannot beat out not one single backup point guard on a playoff team. Like, I, I honestly, I can't. I've 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 looked at like all the playoff rosters. Right now, there are teams that are currently in playoff standings. Like, there's not one backup point guard that Isaiah Thomas could beat out right now. So that, like, the the likelihood of the team trading, being able to trade Isaiah Thomas, is is just I don't know. It, I mean, it, it just it, it really seems like you know something that isn't possible. And so you look at uh uh we'll we'll, 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 we'll talk about this in a little bit about you know that the team might need some roster spots open. Do you think that it would be possible that the team might uh, cut Isaiah Thomas at some point this year? I think if it may not be a playoff team, but if they come to him and say, look, promises were made, it isn't working out, we want to treat you with respect within reason, where would you want to go? I mean, maybe, but I just, I don't, he's not helping himself right now. And he's really not adding value. I, don't, I guess they could just cut him, but that's not very. I don't know. He's put them in a in, in a difficult position, and if even if he could summon a week or two of productive basketball, where the Wizards are winning, and he's an instrumental part in those wins, perhaps. But right now, like you said, it's it's, it's a pipe dream, and anybody who signed him, it, w- it would be a sympathy. I mean, how many teams has he been on since he left Boston? Yeah, well, let's see. He got traded to Cleveland, then he went to the Lakers for half a season. Then he was in Denver last year. He couldn't beat out Monty Morris, and now he's with the Wizards. That's four teams since he left Boston, since he was an all-NBA caliber player and finished top five in MVP voting. And I understand he was banged up a little bit during that time, but he's been healthy here for the most part, and he's just not hes, he's not the player he was. And the Wizards, again, as Rachel Nichols beautifully pointed out, they're a team that has thrived on hustling on defense, sharing the ball on, on offense. And those are not strengths that Isaiah Thomas currently possesses. So he doesn't fit with this young movement, no matter what promises were made. I think that the Wizards envisioned this season going very differently. They did not expect this much of a, this much of a youth explosion, and you got to kind of move on. I mean, we talked earlier in the season how we really didn't see how Isaiah Thomas was going to fit with this movement, but 
you know, we were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and unfortunately, it hasn't, it hasn't played out in his favor. Yeah, it, it hasn't played out in his favor at all, and I, I think that it's very unfortunate to, uh, to you know, kind of see his career uh, go in the direction that it's going because, like I said, he's such a great guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is a, a professional game, so, you know, uh, and father time uh, uh, waits for no man. So, it, it, you know, it, it just doesn't it, – the, the situation doesn't look good. I, wa- I want to take a, a quick break, though, Rashad. Uh, and then on the other side of the break, I want to talk about um, some of the younger Wizards, uh, uh, Admiral Schofield and Troy Brown Jr. and uh, and then Gary Payton uh, the second, and, and what you saw from them tonight, or maybe something you've seen from them over the uh, past few games. And <clears throat> let's try to take a little bit more of a macro view and 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 see, you know, kind uh, of put together and see what what, what pieces the team can. Uh, uh, build upon for for next season, and then also look at some of the roster construction things that are going on with the team. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games four, five, and six in the NBA finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Rashad, man. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about uh, some some of the younger wizards. We have to. I got to give credit to uh, Admiral Schofield, who had his uh, career high uh, tonight. He had 18 points. Um, I, I would say uh, if there were a silver lining to be had from this game, you know that he definitely played uh, his best game as a professional. Um, you know, like I said, 18 points on eight of 13 shooting from the field. Uh, he actually hit two three pointers. Um, you know, Admiral Schofield was the team's uh, second-round draft pick. They actually didn't have a second-round draft pick, and they acquired uh, that pick by absorbing uh, um, Jonathan Simmons' contract from the Philadelphia 76ers. And so, you know, the, uh, Tommy Shepard went out, and Admiral Schofield, he's a guy, he, he's probably, uh, you know, one of the uh, uh, developmental pieces that Tommy Shepard went out and got uh, this offseason, what, what, what did you think about Admiral Schofield tonight, and what have been your impressions of the, the, the little bit that we've seen of Admiral uh, throughout this season? Well, what I appreciate tonight is he, he stepped up. And I know that sounds cliche, but on a night where no other starter had double figures and nobody really, at the point that he started getting going, nobody else had really stepped up. The fact that he was able to take advantage of those opportunities and hit two corner threes back-to-back, that's that's a big deal, and he's not, you know, we're speaking about the future roster moves. I think that he's someone who eventually will be back with the go-go and not on the roster, but 
a game like this is a game where he can circle and say, I can play in this league. I can step up and be an impactful player. And so I always liked his hustle. I always liked his defense and his physicality. Tonight he showed the ability to hit an open three. That's only going to help him stay on the floor whether he's with the go-go or with the Wizards' ability to hit the open three, open three when Ish or Brad or whoever drives. So that's promising. Gary yeah, Payton is go ahead. Of, Gary Payton is an agitator. Surprise, surprise. I wonder where he got that from. Um, <laughs> just, I just, you know, he's he's the kind of player who really does not care about scoring. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to hit the open shot and he'd like to be scoring and, and being a little more impactful on offense, but just his hands are everywhere. I, I saw, I guess the Wizards had a turnover and Orlando tried to advance the ball and he just kind of snagged the ball with one hand out of midair and got the possession back. He's just that that kind of a player, that kind of defensive stopper where you want him on the roster. You don't want to send him anywhere else. He needs to be on the roster. Even if there's a player who's hot and say go in for 10 minutes and kind of be an agitator. I like that. The Wizards haven't had that kind of player in a while. So I like to see that. And Troy Brown, who's the other young player who impresses me, it's always bittersweet when I see him playing well this year because I think he would have had this in him last year if he had the confidence of the coach to be on the floor a consistent amount of time, but we won't we won't get on that. He's he's the kind of player who you can tell being with the go go helped him, being in a position where he's relied upon, where he knows he's gonna get minutes every night. He's just comfortable handling the ball, playing defense, hitting the open shot, being a playmaker. He's just doing everything all around and that to see his confidence now, it doesn't matter what happens in terms of um, everyone coming back and getting healthy. He's kind of carved out a niche for himself where he's going to, he's guaranteed to not only get playing time, but to be one of those players who's on the floor in crunch time. Yeah, I think when, when we talk about Troy Brown, it, it really uh, it boils down to how much confidence does Scott Brooks have in him. And, you know, that, that really plays a lot of uh, – it, it, it plays a lot into – the confidence that Troy Brown has in himself. And I feel like Troy Brown is a very much a rhythm player. And so he needs to get out there and get into a rhythm and kind of have the ball in his hand and be able to kind of get in the mix a little bit. He's not like a guy that you throw out there and you play in, you know, four or five minutes uh, spurts and, and you tell him to stand in the corner and be ready to catch and shoot. Like that's just not the type of player that he is. But I do think that uh, – you know, he, he is being able to uh, develop a lot more uh, over this stretch over the last month of the season while the team has, you know, gone through this rash of injuries because, I mean, quite frankly, Scott Brooks don't have anybody else to turn to. Like, there's literally – he looked down the bench. There's nobody else to put in the game. Like, he can't, he can't not play Troy Brown. And so, you know, I think that this, this is uh, something that, that Troy is uh, taking advantage of right now but the, the thing that I would like to see from Troy is th- just a, a little bit more consistency uh, when, when it comes to not only uh, making shots, but even just taking shots. Like, you know, I think that there are a, a lot of times where, you know, the, the, he, he doesn't really feel comfortable, um, you know, stepping into an open three-point shot, or he might, you know, he might have the ball in his hand and, 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 and do a pick and roll, and the, the defender might go under the screen, and, you know, he, he, it's an it's a, uh, opportunity where he needs to step up and, you know, hit that mid-range shot, that elbow jumper. 
and you know he doesn't he he doesn't take the shot. And I feel like a lot of those times where he doesn't take the shot, like he ends up uh, forcing the ball and turning the ball over. Uh, and so, but I, I think some of that has to do, like I said, with the the lack of confidence that he has, knowing that you know if he comes out that he misses some shots or if he makes some mistakes, that you know he's worried about you know Scott Brooks uh, yanking him out of the game and you know giving giving him a dirty look, right? So I, I think that, you know, that, like I said, this stretch where he's been essentially forced to play has been uh, extremely uh, positive for him. Um, the, the Admiral Schofield, uh, the way he played tonight, you know, I was impressed because, you know, like, like you said, when he hit those back-to-back corner threes, and, you know, that was really like the only stretch of the game where the Wizards were able to, you know, kind of get into the game and make it competitive. But if Admiral Schofield – is able to uh, hit three-point shots, you know, then then we're talking about a guy who, you know, who might be able to contribute on the NBA level. But, you know, he still has a lot of growth and development uh, left in his game. Um, I know that the Wizards, their uh, plan when they, uh, when, they, when they drafted him, their plan for him coming into the season was for him to get about 1,600 minutes of uh, basketball of game action between the Wizards and the Go-Go. And so, you know, I think that he's played uh, he's played well on the Go-Go, uh, but it, 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 it's clearly a different level of play, you know, playing in the G League and playing, uh, you know, in, in NBA minutes, uh, especially for him as an undersized power forward. You know, th- this is a guy who has to get comfortable, you know, playing against bigger and more athletic players. So, you know, any opportunity like tonight, where he can just get out there and just play, I think is is going to be uh, highly beneficial uh, for the team. And then uh, lastly, to to talk about Gary Payton, when you talk about, I mean, his his hands and his defensive instincts, I mean, he literally possesses something that uh, that that no other uh, Wizards player on this current roster has. And so, you know, when, when you talk about uh, a team that that is ranked uh, the the 30th ranked team last in the NBA when it comes to team uh, defensive uh, efficiency. You know, having a guy who is a primary defender is a very wise and smart decision uh, just because, you know, not only can he come out there and affect the game, this is a guy who, you know, he's not worrying about his shots. He's not worrying about, you know, uh, you know uh, 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 trying to create, or do anything, like he, he got one job, and that's to come out there and, and strap up. So, you know, I, I think that his mindset is something that is very much needed for the team. Uh, I, 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 I was a fan of the, the team guaranteeing his contract for the season. Uh, what, what say you on, uh, on, on, on that decision by uh, Tommy Shepard and the Wizards organization to, uh, to keep Gary Payton a second and guarantee his contract at the expense of cutting uh, Justin Robinson? I think it's a no-brainer. I think as, as look, the Wizards are terrible defensively. And I think you have someone who's willing to sell out their body to play defense. I mean, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer. You keep someone like that. You keep someone who can get their hands everywhere. Who can Maybe it's not the kind of player who can shut down someone for the whole game, but if he can give you extra offensive possessions for what he does on the court, you have to keep him. You have to, again, especially while you're shorthanded, to get some kind of defensive identity, and that's where you start. And I think Tommy Shepard is probably rewarding that. 
numbers were terrible defensively. Even tonight, it's still getting with 123. But you have a player who is willing to dedicate himself on the defensive end. I think that's a no-brainer. Now, you just have to tell him to chill out on the offensive end and not cause so many turnovers, but to not create so many, don't cause so many turnovers. But that'll come. You reward somebody who's giving you the very thing that your team severely lacks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he like I said, he's literally the best defender that, that, that the Wizards have. And so, you know, th- this is a guy, when you, when you talk about a team who is as bad defensively as the Wizards are, they need a guy who can be used uh, in, in, in spot duty. So, you know, how I would envision it, you know, once, you know, Bradley Bill comes back and once uh, Rui comes back and all these other guys come back, you know, obviously Gary Payton is not going to be a staple in the Wizards rotation playing, you know, 20 minutes a night. But, you know, in, in certain situations, like, you know, if they're playing a, a, a team with a, with, a, with a point guard, if they're playing a Damian Lillard and he's going off, like you can, Scott Brooks can look down at the bench and and, look, and say, "All right, GP, go in there and do your thing." And like you know, like use them as spot duty. If you if you're at the end of the game and you know uh, the, the 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 team is in the last minute and they're and they're doing offensive, defensive substitutions, he's a guy that can definitely go in and uh, be able to contribute on that end. So you know, I, I think that he, he's a weapon that the team uh, if the team can. Um, take advantage of if they're able to utilize him properly. Well, let's make it even more specific than that. Let's say on Friday when the Hawks come in town, and let's say Trey Young is starting to heat up a little bit, and you want to put Gary Payton on him, make it difficult for Trey Young to bring the ball off the court, make him bring up full court instead of at the half court, kind of smother him a little bit, use your physicality on, on Trey Young, who's very slight. Even for 10 minutes, if you can do enough to take him out of rhythm or get him kind of playing hero ball long enough for the Wizards to catch up to behind that. That's substantial. You can look back, let's say the Wizards win, and you can look at a 10-minute stretch where Trey Young started off hot and kind of cooled off a little bit because he was frustrated. Those are the little things. Those are the kind of role players you want on your team. That's the value he adds to the team. So I, to your earlier point, I think it's a great a great move to sign him for the rest of the season because that's something you can count on. You can't count on some his shot can't count on him scoring 10 to 20 points a game, but you can count on him raising his defensive level, his defensive intensity, and that's what you need. Even on a young team, that's what you need. Yeah, so and then uh, so, so you, you were okay with the team keeping Gary Payton uh, over Justin Robinson, who was on the 15-man roster. He made the roster coming out of training camp. Uh, you know, this is another guy where, where promises were made, but – you know, they, they broke that promise, uh, you know, not even halfway through the season. You know, Justin Robinson uh, talked about uh, when he first joined the Wizards how, you know, he and his agent uh, turned down uh, offers to be drafted in the second round because they wanted to go to a situation that would be a good fit, and they thought that the Wizards would be that situation. And so the team actually gave him a, 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 a substantial uh, partial guarantee uh, before the season even started, they gave a guaranteed two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of his contract. But you know, they 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 cut bait on him uh, halfway through the season, and so I, I actually learned uh, the other day that you know because of that substantial uh, guarantee of money that they gave him, that the team is not able to sign him to uh, to the to the Capital City Go Go. So when they made that decision. 
you know, that, that means that Justin Robinson is now out of the monumental basketball program. And so, you know, I, I, I think that there were, there are a few people out there who, you know, are not fans of the decision uh, because, you know, they feel like, they feel like it, it, it was a, a, a poor investment to begin with from the team. But I think it's a good sign, actually, the fact that, you know, if the team is making uh, an investment and really the only thing that they lost was money, you know, and it ain't my money, it's Ted's money, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to be able to recognize early that, okay, all right, maybe they made the wrong decision and, uh, you know, that they, they, they were willing to, to, to not be uh, strapped by, you know, uh, just holding on to the guy because they gave him a little bit of money. Well, one of one of the what is the biggest thing that we had to complain about under the Grunfeld regime? It was not that they made mistakes. It's like there was seemingly no acknowledgement that a mistake was made, and the player who they made the mistake with was just not only still on the roster, but almost forced in the lineup when they didn't belong. And so, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't feel bad for the brothers, but at the same time, they realized not only did they maybe make a mistake, but you have another player who should also be rewarded for something that the team severely lacks and you make a quick decision. I'm, that's not something that I can be I can be mad at. You know, this isn't a Mahimi situation. This is a situation where you brought someone in, you gave them some money, you thought it was going to work, it didn't work. Oh, by the way, we have Gary Payton in a second. That's, that's, you can't be upset at that. I mean, easy for me to say, but that's not something that you can be upset at given what Wizards fans have sat through under the previous regime. I'm I, I'm right there with you. Like you know, this this is this is uh, uh it's a new day in uh in, in in Wizards land, and I think that you know Tommy Shepard has proven to be a, a breath of fresh air when it comes to you know uh, not being rigid with his decision making. You know, he he made a decision early on. They they went out and they scouted Justin Robinson. They brought him in. You know, halfway through the season, I knew it was going to be bad. I knew that it was a not a good look for Justin Robinson. When they had about five point guards on the roster, he still wasn't playing. I was like, "Oh, this ain't a good look for him." Like, you know, they they had Chris Chioza on a two way contract who was playing in front of him. And you know, and, and if anything, I'm more upset that you know the team uh, lost Chioza than than I am that that uh, that they cut Justin Robinson. You know, I, I thought that there was a little bit more promise there with Chioza because at least you know he had a, a very specific skill set. You know, this is a guy who's dropping dimes left and right. I mean, he is a uh, a natural-born point guard and a facilitator and, and a guy who could come out and, and create offense for others. And so I, I, I thought that, you know, that he was a guy who might have been worth uh, developing, but, you know, he kind of got squeezed uh, uh, in between the sides of the numbers game because once uh, Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner went down, that left Jan Mahimi as the only uh, healthy center on the roster. And technically, Jan Mahimi wasn't even that healthy because, you know, he missed like the first uh, 20-something games of the season. So, you know, it, it wasn't really – they needed that extra body at center. And so they had to uh, bring up uh, 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 AP uh, Pasternik's, uh to, to play center for them. So, you know, I, I felt bad, but that's – you know, this, 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 this just goes to – uh, the, the business of basketball. And so um, I, I wanted to talk really quickly about AP. I know that uh, you, 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 
you and I talked offline, and you said that, you know, you haven't watched a lot of uh, AP play this season, but you did get to see him play tonight, and he had 16 points on six of eight shooting from the, uh, from the field. Uh, what, what were your uh, initial impressions of, of watching uh, uh, big AP uh, kind of go to work tonight? There's a soft touch around the basket, number one. That's, I mean, that sounds cliche, but we don't, we don't have a lot of post players on this roster who can do that. I like his aggressiveness, but I don't – be careful with my words here. I don't think that what he brings to the table is something that's a must as other players get healthy and come back on the roster. I think for now he's serviceable. He shows some potential, but – I'm I'm not all that impressed. And mind you, as I told you before we went on, I've watched him for two and a half games, so I could be way off. But you can feel free to rip what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, tr- hey, trust me, man. Like I've I've told this story multiple times on this podcast, man. A- AP playing well right now is is probably the biggest surprise to me. I mean, I shout out to my guy uh, Chase Hughes. Uh, we used to watch. We used to sit back in a. Uh, watch uh, the Wizards' training camp practices uh, and, and AP. And, you know, they don't let the media in for, you know, all of the practice. But AP right. wasn't he, – he wasn't even practicing really with the team. He would work out with, like, the trainers after practice. And when I tell you I watched this man uh, miss layup after layup, uh, one, on, one on air and during a mic-in drill, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I, needless to say, I'm impressed at the way that he's playing right now because I just didn't see it. But I agree with your premise, though, 1,000% with the fact that, you know, once these other guys come back healthy, and then, you know, with AP being, you know, a, 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 a traditional uh, a big man in a league where it seem, it's seemingly every uh, big man, is, our teams are shifting away from these traditional big men, I, I find it hard to believe that the team is going to really prioritize, uh, uh, you know, trying to make sure that they keep AP. Now, there is another underlying element here that I think that needs to be discussed is the fact that uh, AP is from Latvia. And, uh, you know, there's another uh, wizard right now who is very popular, uh, Davis Bertans, who's also from Latvia, and they share an agent. And so, you know, if anything, now if they tell me if 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 if, if, if Tommy Shepard comes out and he says, "Look, man, we're gonna convert this dude's deal. We're gonna get him a roster spot because we're trying to court Davis Burton," then I'm all with it. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like if that's if that's what it takes to to you know court players this, uh, in this day and age, then that's just something they might have to do. But I think that's far, called pulling a Scott Boris. Pulling a Scott Boris. Hey, there you go. There you go. You got to get the guys lined up, man. You know, this, uh, they, they got the Wizards seem to be they, – they really like, uh, you know, finding a good – an agency and then just uh, rolling with that, man. So, you know, uh, shout-out to uh, – I always, always shout-out uh, the guy Mark Bartlestein, uh Barely Bill's agent, but he's over there at Priority Sports. And, you know, they, they, uh, it, it seems as though, you know, there have been, you know, five or six Priority Sports guys that have come through here uh, over the last couple of years. So, again, like I said, this is a part of the business of basketball as well. You know, when, 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 when you're not just, uh, you know, scouting players with, you know, the things that they can do 
within the lines that, you know, it's about relationship building and, you know, and, and who's friends with who and who's agents, uh, who shares agents. So, you know, I, I, it, this is one of those situations where, look, man, I, I think that if they were to convert AP's deal, I, I think that, you know, that, that him being a, a Latvian brother with Davis Bertans and them sharing an agent, I think that that will definitely play a factor in, in that decision. Because, honestly, I mean, he, he's a good player, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's still a, a, a third center, uh, a, a traditional center, in a league where, you know, that position has been highly devalued. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's some truth to what you're saying. I, as we were talking about building relationships, the player that just kept jumping out at me was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who, because of his affiliation with LeBron James and Clutch, got himself a lot of money. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but he doesn't deserve it. But because of his affiliation, there he is. And you combine that with the stigma that it seems like nobody wants to come to D.C., if you start building these relationships, even those under-the-radar relationships, perhaps your fortunes can change. So I hear what you're saying. Uh, I just don't think maybe this isn't the player you want to double down on. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting, to, to say the least, to see how this all plays out. Um, but, you know, I, I like I said, as far as a stopgap uh, center, as far as his production right now, you know, I, I don't have any problem with AP. And, and especially with the way Yami Himi plays tonight. Yami, Yami Himi plays tonight like the guy that, uh, that Wizards Twitter has been trashing for the last uh, three and a half years. I mean, because this dude, he could not get right at all. I mean, he had uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, he didn't have any turnovers tonight, and that's because uh, it, 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 it's a weird basketball uh, quirk, but if a player throws a pass, and 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 Yon Mahimi drops the ball. They can throw a perfect pass. And Yon Mahimi drops the ball. That player gets the turnover. So there were a couple of those situations that happened tonight where he was just he couldn't catch the ball. He was all over the. He was on the floor too much. I mean, he he looked like he looked like the Yon Mahimi that 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 that, that we've come to uh, 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 grow and hate, not love, over the last three and a half years. <laughs> No, he, he he's Yam Nahimi tonight. That's that's about what we expect. And you know, he's not really he couldn't really do anything on either end of the floor and it, I wasn't surprised. He wasn't gonna stop Bujovic. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh I want I wanna do a quick preview of uh the Atlanta Hawks game uh on Friday. I think that you you've already touched on something that I think will be a very uh key matchup. You know, obviously, when you talk about playing the Hawks, um, you know, the first concern, the, the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth concern should be, you know, how to slow down uh, Trey Young. And so I think that this will be a very good test for uh, Gary Payton II to kind of show, you know, uh, his value and, and you know, and, and show why Tommy Shepard showed the confidence in him to, to keep him. Uh, you know, th- th- that'll be a very interesting matchup to see uh, if Gary Payton is able to uh, slow down Trey Young. But, you know, in, in reality, you know, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, that, that will be the determining factor for that game will be if Bradley Bill will be able to return to action. Now, now Bradley Bill had uh, missed his sixth game of the season 
you know, and this is after, you know, him, you know, playing about 190 games in a row. And so uh, what, what, I, I, what, I've, I've been down there for, for Wizards games, and I've seen him working out uh, before games. And, you know, I, 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 I would say that if uh, in a hypothetical world, let's say the Wizards were playing in a playoff game, I bet you Bradley Bill will be out there playing. But, you know, this isn't a playoff game. This isn't even, you know, a game that probably even matters that much uh, in the grand scheme of things for the Wizards organization. We're talking about a team that's 12 and 25 right now, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, about five or six games back uh, of a playoff spot. Uh, how, what do you feel about this team being uh, overly uh, cautious with Bradley Bill and this current injury? I'm going to steal a line from one of our colleagues, Ben Standing. If there's even a hint of pain that Bill is feeling, a hint of discomfort, if he is not feeling like himself and he can't be the dominant player that he's used to being, then you sit him out. There's no there's no sense in rushing him back or putting him out there on a random Friday night against the 8:30 Atlanta Hawks. You just wait and let him get completely healthy, still have him practice, still have him work out before games just to keep his wind up. But it's not worth having an injury that's kind of teetering on the edge of being borderline nagging, progressing to something where all of a sudden we're getting close to the all-star break and there's still a nagging injury and you brought him back on a, on a worthless game, especially when this team in this current incarnation is playing tonight, notwithstanding, is playing so well, is playing together and is playing hard. Or even if they lose, again, tonight notwithstanding, you can still feel good about the lineup that's out there. So I don't blame the Wizards for, you know, doing load management without doing load management because it's just not worth risking anything, even remotely close to a nagging injury. So I'm I'm not mad at it. I do think after a while he's going he's gonna to want to come back and he should come back. But right now, again, only he knows the extent of the injury and perhaps you've gotten, you've gotten a glimpse of it just looking at him play. But I just don't think there, there's a rush or there's an absolute need to bring him back unless he's 100% healthy. I'm right there with you. I Like, you know, and this, this is one of those situations where, shoot, I mean, you know, they, 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 can, they can say that, you know, they're not tanking. And I honestly think that they are going out there and they're trying to win every game possible. But, you know, this is one of those, uh, those things where you, you, you can very subtly – be uh, be tanking and putting yourself in position to to get a better draft pick, and and then also I think that you know when it comes to uh, a conversation we were talking about earlier when you talk about building relationships with players, but I think that you know uh, taking care of your 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 franchise guys could go a long way, you know, to 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 helping Bradley Bill feel more empowered and feeling like you know the man in the organization. And so, you know, all of these things will add up, uh, you know, for a guy. Now, I know everybody made such a big deal about Bradley Bill's uh, contract extension that he signed uh, at the beginning of the season. But in reality, I mean, that, 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 that extension was uh, nothing more than an insurance policy for himself because he only, he only, he's only staying on for one more year. So one more year longer than what he was before the season started. So uh, I mean he 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 could leave in two seasons, and so you know I, I think that you know they're still they're still trying to court him to you know make sure that he wants to stay for the long term. This is a guy who's only you know 26 years old, so you know like they 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 still got to court him. They're not out of the woods just yet with 
you know, uh, trying to make sure that, you know, that they keep him locked in and, and, and a, a wizard for life, as they hope. I agree. Yep. Well, Brad Rashad, man, I, I think that uh, for, for, a, for a game where the team lost by 30-plus points, man, we, we, we sure did uh, – uh, churn out some uh, pretty decent content for 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 Wizards Twitter here because you know it, it, like, like I said I didn't want to get too down on the team just because you know they were playing with a a, 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 a mass unit of a lineup and you know that this this team had won uh, uh, two games uh, uh, their, their last two games and you know surprisingly they they actually played a lot of basketball games last week so you know they they played the Heat. They played Orlando, they played Portland, then they played Denver and Boston, and now it's just uh, Wednesday, and they played, uh, you know, uh, uh, Orlando. So that, that's, a, that's a lot of games within the last, you know, 10 days or so. So I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that, you know, the team was probably a little gassed, and they just didn't really play with the same energy and enthusiasm that they had been playing with over the last week. And with this roster, I don't think anybody is surprised that they took a loss so you know, it, it, it was good to it was an opportunity to, to to watch some of these guys that we're talking about the Troy Browns and the Isak Bongas and the Admiral Schofields and the Gary Payton. So you know that 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 was good to to see. So you know, it, it, it it'll be a long season, and you know it's it, 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 it's tough. Nights like tonight are tough uh, when it comes to you know covering the team, but. You know, we, we, we're going to push through because the team is going to push through, right? <laughs> right. They get a pass today. Now, if they do this again against 8 and 30 at Atlanta, then we'll be singing an entirely different song. But tonight, they get a pass. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man. Uh, I want to give you this opportunity right now to, uh, to, uh, to, to let the people know where they can find you. And, uh, and shoot, man, you got you, you to gotta let me know when the next time you're going to come down and, and, and check out some of these Wizards games, man. <laughs> Well, they can find me at Rashad20 on the Twitter, and there is an outside chance that I will be at Friday's game. So there everybody you go. has to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, man, look, you got to come out, enjoy the uh, the, the Trey Young show. Uh, I, I have my own selfish reasons why I want you to come to the games because I, I enjoy sitting next to you and, and, and having a good commentary. Uh, you know, there 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 are a lot of guys uh, or guys and gals who sit on uh, Bloggers Row, and you know they 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 do a lot of uh, uh, chit chatting, and and I know you you and I we sit next to each other for a lot of games. I could I could just sit next to you and and, and just tell by the expression on your face as to as to what you're thinking about what's going on in the game. So I, I'm not even gonna lie, I, I just I just miss that aspect for my own selfish reasons, man. <laughs> that's, that's that's very nice. Of you. <laughs> All right, Rashad, man. I appreciate you for coming on, man. And uh, for, for 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 the listeners out there, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, check out. I'll have another pod on Friday. Also, we're going to take this opportunity to uh, plug. I have a uh, another Wizards watch party event that I'm hosting at Half Smoke DC next Friday. Uh, it, it'll be a good opportunity for uh, you know fans to be able to come out. And, and meet and greet some of the bloggers and writers who cover the team, and you know just sit back and, and just and just and just talk about the team. Like you know, I feel like a, a lot of people we, we spend a lot of time on Twitter, you know, while while we should be working and doing other things, and you know, uh, spending quality time with our families. We we're, we're all degenerates and talking about uh, uh, 
a team that's, you know, 12 games under 500. But, you know, sometimes it's better to do that in person than it is to do it on the Internet. <laughs> so I cannot be there on the 17th. That's my birthday weekend. My wife will be treating me to a nice weekend out of town forever. I can say for those people who are on the fence about going, it's a good time. It's good food. There's lots of good conversation, and it's, it's worth your time to go. Hey, man, I, I greatly appreciate that, man. Yeah, Rashad definitely, definitely comes as the king of the Irish goodbye. That's why you're my guy, though, man. Hey, but happy early birthday, man, and definitely uh, enjoy that time with the wife. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, man. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking it, try getting fast. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a strip like fucking. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we be on the same team. I want a baller like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing more than that. Girl, she went shot for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing more than that. Girl, she went shot for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.